Good morning, church. How are you doing? Good morning. Welcome, welcome. We're so excited that you're here today. Um, Before we begin service, we're going to go ahead and share just a few announcements with you. Um, My name is Lena. I'm one of the youth leaders over in our Rise Youth Ministry. And Good morning. My name is Pastor Michael Romero. Nice to meet you. you. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, our first announcement for today is that we're going to be having child dedication after second service. Um, If you're not really sure what child dedication is, it's essentially just uh, you as the parent or guardian of any child um, 12 and under, I believe, or age range. Yeah, a younger child. Um, It's you just making a declaration that you are going to raise this child in a way that they experience and that they know the love of Christ and that they live a life that honors him. So that'll be today after second service. Um, We'll meet right outside in the mall. And then next, we will be having food distribution on February 18th. That's going to be this Friday, and it's going to be from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. We will be needing volunteers, so if you're available during that time and this is something that you want to serve in, we invite you to join us. Um, it'll It'll be awesome. It's such a great time to just give back to our community and to share the blessings that God has given to us. Um, If you do volunteer, uh, we'll need you to be here at 10 a.m. And, again, we'll just meet right outside in the mall. That's right. You want to get a hold of Brother Michael or Sister Jeanette Malachek. They're going to be your point persons for the food distribution on Friday. And volunteers would be here. Check in at the front office when you get here. Just kind of let them know, hey, I'm here. Uh, That way we can get get that food distribution going on. And just to kind of carry on on what Sister Alina was talking about, our child dedication, that happens today after third service. If you're here for that, um, there is a class right after this service, right outside of these doors. And so just stick around after this service, and we can can get you ready for that child dedication. Awesome, awesome. Next, uh, we are going to be starting our JOY uh, ministry. It's uh, just older youth. So it's for ages 55 and up. So you young men and women out there over the ages of 55, y'all are absolutely welcome to come join us. Uh, this ministry is led by Jeanette and Michael Malachek. Michael's right there. Hi, Michael. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to start on February 25th, and it's going to be at 6 p.m. It's going to be, uh, we're going to have a potluck. We're going to have a time of prayer, a time of just great fellowship with each other. Um, if I'm able to go, I would like to learn about knitting, maybe. I think knitting would be pretty fun. Or, uh, fishing. Fishing is cool. Anybody like fishing? Yeah? Okay. Cool. So, I'm gonna go learn about that. Um, but after, after that, uh, Friday, we're, they're gonna be having the gathering the last Friday of every month. So, it's gonna be such a great time. Michael and Jeanette have put so much effort and so much care into this, and so, if you're interested in going, just uh, you're welcome to show up. You can sign up, um, whatever whatever you want to do, you know. So it's going to be so. Thank you, Lena. And I'm sorry, I, I forgot my microphone in the back, so I have to wait to Lena to get this done. But I'm sorry about that, guys. But we couldn't do all that without our volunteers. And so we want to give thanks. Church, would you celebrate every single volunteer that makes every service happen? Our volunteers, faithful, faithful volunteers, all the way from the entrance to the door where our door greeters, there's our friendly, our friendly staff that are coming in and welcoming you as you walk in, to the ones you don't see that you have no idea unless they make a mistake. 
like our lighting people and our audiovisual people, they're back there. Will you celebrate them? I'm a little partial, right? <laughs> and in that church, we want to encourage you, if, if, if the Lord has ever led you to volunteer, we really want to um, kind of push you in that direction. Um, our job as Christians isn't just to be bench warmers. Um, we want you guys to get involved. Um, it's people like you, the volunteers, who make things like our food distribution possible. Without you, we couldn't distribute food, a million pounds of food that we did last year. I don't know if you guys understand that, how we impacted our community. Without our volunteers, we couldn't do that. Without our volunteers, our children could not go to youth camp. Our children could not go, our youth and, and children could not go to IYC. We couldn't hand out the donuts. We couldn't do the coffees. We couldn't do the... Because there's, there's a small amount of staff and there's a big amount of y'all. And we couldn't do it without our volunteers. So we celebrate our volunteers and we want to encourage you that if you have not considered... Or if you have considered... I know everybody has considered, hey, I want to do that. I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to encourage you, family. Do it. Do it. At least take the one step that it takes and it's the next step that you have. To, to volunteer and to be a part of what the Lord is doing through new beginnings, at new beginnings and through new beginnings in this community, is going to NBCABQ.com, and you will see the graphic that says, join our team. You do the same thing on our app, and then you just fill that out. I get a hold of you, or one of us will get a hold of you, one of our pastoral staff will get a hold of you, and we'll, we'll, we'll just chat and see kind of where you're gifted, what do you want to do, and we'll place you where you're gifted. We'll place you where you want to be. We'll place you right where your strengths can be used because we want you to last in ministry, learn, love, and laugh, and, and, and last in ministry. And we encourage you to volunteer. Man, every single one of our departments, every single one of our departments is right now in a deficit of volunteers. Every single one. Audiovisual, worship, children's, Youths, ushers, greeters, hospitality, uh, you name it, uh, even our janitorial, our office help, everything, our parking, I mean, everything right now. So if the Lord is leading you and saying, hey, I want you to get involved, I don't know where. Well, guess what? We'll help you. We'll help you figure that out. But you got to make the next step. And all I want you to do is download the app or go onto the website, NBCABQ.com. And join, there's a, there's a hyperlink that says, join our team. I want you to click on that, and I want you to fill that out, and we'll get a hold of you. But that's what we want you to do. And with that, thank you so much, because again, we could not do it without people like Lena, without people like Desiree over there standing, standing guard, right? Our security team needs people, keeps us safe, they keep a close eye. People like AJ, Javier, Roxy, these are all volunteers. Our audiovisual team, they're all volunteers. We could not do it without them. And we cannot do it without you. And we cannot do it without your giving and your faithfulness. And that's why I'm saying thank you so much. Everything that you guys do, we do it because of your faithfulness and what you guys do. Not only in your giving, but in your time. And speaking of giving, again, you can always do that online through texting. Or you can do it through our mobile app and at our doorways here, if you want to be a part of the everyday life 
of New Beginnings day-to-day operations. It's not just about our missionaries, guys. That's important what we do. We spread the gospel across the world, Lena, across the globe. We have missionaries in Africa. We have missionaries in Europe. We have missionaries in China and Japan and in Mexico and Latin America. We could not do it without that. But it's also the day-to-day of why we give. It's also the day-to-day operations here at New Beginnings. We want to thank you for that, and we want to remind you to continue that faithfulness and that mandate that the Lord has given us. Amen? And we want to thank you for that and remind you that our giving boxes are every entrance and every doorway here into the sanctuary. And then you see the graphic if you want the hyperlinks to how to do that digitally. But thank you so much for everything that you guys do, volunteers. Again, church, arise, and we need those volunteers. Amen? Amen. 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 Lena, why don't you lead us into prayer, Lena, as we go into worship? Why don't you stand with us, church? Amen. We're all just going to go ahead and take one just deep breath in and then out. Okay. Um, Father God, Lord, thank you so much for creating such a safe place for us to come today. Lord, where we get to come and bow at your feet. Lord, that where we get to come and surrender our week to you, our day to you, our minutes, our seconds to you, God, our thoughts, our, our feelings, God, everything, that we can just lay it down here at your feet. Father, I pray that you open our ears to hear you and our hearts to receive you. God, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit just dwells in this room, Father, that you fill every empty space, every hole, Lord, every part of us, Father, that we not only just hear the words that are being sung during worship, Lord, but that we honor the truth in them, Father, that we, that we see your word, that we live it out, God, just to honor you. So, Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for just your never-ending love, Lord, for your faithfulness. And, God, I pray that we do the same for you. We love you. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church, why don't we welcome one another? family and now we sing
your life. Come on and say it. All my life you have been so, so statement that we can make. It's a, because of his goodness. I can say we sing this because of his goodness. Come on, let's lift our voice. So worthy of every song you could ever sing. So worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, oh, we're worthy of every breath. We could ever breathe, we live for you.
Oh, Lord, we give you praise. We praise your holy name for who you are. A faithful, loving, forgiving, caring, compassionate God. That, Father God, your goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. Father God, you take us, Lord, through the valley. You take us through, Father God, the mountaintop. And, Lord, no matter where we are in that journey, you are always there with us. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for your care and your love. Father, we just pray, Lord God, for just a glorious outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Father God, for everyone in this room and everyone online, might they experience the goodness and mercy of God. Father God, might they experience, Father God, your wonderful care and love. That, Father God, they wouldn't fight you, but embrace you. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would be with all those that are broken and hurting, those that are battling health issues, those that are battling cancer, COVID, and other health issues. Completely restore their body and touch them. Father God, I just pray, Father God, for those dealing with relational issues, that you would heal the wounds with financial problems, that, Lord, you would give them wisdom and open the windows of heaven to shower them with. Father God, we just pray that, Lord, you be with relational issues in family and in friends, that, Lord, you would heal those relations and just allow them to get closer to each other. Father God, we just pray, Lord God, for an outpouring over our community. That, Lord, you be with this congregation as we reach out to the broken. That, Lord, you heal our hurts so we can help others find the same healing we have from you. Father God, we just thank you for all that you do. And, God, we're praying that you prepare our hearts now for communion. Father God, that we would just take this time to celebrate your goodness and your mercy. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Quietly be seated as we take communion. You should have received the elements when you came in. If not, the ushers will be more than happy to get you one. They're fairly easy to to access the communion wafer. Just take the tip and pull it up and then put it down and then the cellophane pretty much comes off. But as we hold this bread, we look back in celebration. We look back with jubilation. We look back saying, God, thank you for what you did in our life, how you poured yourself out to us and how you gave of your life for us. So we celebrate that. And in the same way, you took the bread and you gave thanks. You broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, take this all of you and eat it. For this is my body. And Lord, we thank you for forgiving our sins, but we also thank you for providing for us, for healing us, restoring us. So God, we claim all those promises for us right now. And we do so in Jesus' name. This is the body of Christ who made the bread. Likewise, he took the cup. After giving thanks... He gave it to the disciples saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. 
for this is my blood. The blood of a new covenant that I make with you. I'm not going to drink from this cup again until I come back. Thank you for the promise, Lord, of victory. That you give us the blood of Jesus to keep us strong and healthy. To break away every curse and attack from the devil. Lord, thank you for the promise that you're going to come back to get us. Lord, we believe that. So we take this cup and we drink of it with great confidence that the Lord is our shepherd. And he's poured out his blood for us. This is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We drink of the cup. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. Feel free to stand once again and just continue to worship as we thank God for what he's doing in our life. Yes, Lord, use us as you choose. We pray in Jesus' name. Give him praise. No, come on, let's just give him praise. Shout out his name. Say, thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. As you sit down, turn to your neighbor say, I'm so glad you made it today. And then you may be seated. They told us on the front end how we could give our offering. All you were supposed to say is, I'm so glad you made it today. Now, what are you going to do later? Are you guys going to do anything special tomorrow? It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day, man. Don't forget. Ladies, that's Valentine's Day. Don't forget. Today's the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter if you forget or not. The Cowboys are ushering there today. Along with all of your teams if they're not playing in the game. <laughs> but you know what? Um, they showed us how we could give. We have the boxes at the door, text to give. But I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness. My family, we tithe as well. Uh, we're able to do a lot of outreach. And this 
Friday, we're going to be doing our monthly food distribution. We have an ongoing food pantry every Tuesday and Thursday, but once a month on the third Friday of every month, we give out anywhere from 10,000 to up to 18,000 pounds of food. And yeah, that's really awesome. And we always need workers. So some of you say, well, I can't lift. You know what? If you could sit on a chair and make, put the boxes together, you could help. Then we have others that make the boxes. They put all the produce and the food and dairy products in there. And then there's others that, that take it out to the car. And there's those that pray with people. That's an amazing outreach that we're able to do. And we thank you that you're a part of it. So thank you. Don't forget this Friday, we need all you volunteers here at 1030. At 12 o'clock, we start distributing the food. So anyone could get food that they don't have to be part of our congregation. So thank you again for your faithfulness. Hey, I want to do a special sermon today. Because it's Valentine's weekend, people think a lot about friendships. They talk about their marriage. They talk about their relationships. I mean, your kids are probably getting Valentine's cards ready for school tomorrow. They're going to have a little party, and they take these cards, and and they're just saying, hey, I want to be your friend. It's not like I want to be a Valentine. We're kids. We're not dating yet. We're not supposed to be dating yet, okay? But we really focus on relationships, and we also focus on marital relationships. Now, sometimes I think Valentine's is overdone because, very honestly, I try to be a valentine to my wife every day, and she tries to be a valentine to me every day. Because what good is it to really go way overboard for one day and the rest of the year you treat them like garbage? You know what I mean? So, now that doesn't mean we don't do anything, but, but you know, we just, we just try to show our love all the time. Now, in relationships, and I'm talking brother, sister, I'm talking children, uh, siblings, I'm talking parents to children, children to parents, our friends at work. Sometimes our relationships suffer. Sometimes we go through difficult times. And what I want to talk about today is how to strengthen that, how to have an everlasting love. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 3, it says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. He said, man, in other words, I have a love for you that never ends, that never quits. It keeps going on. It goes the distance. I've drawn you to me. I want you to be with me. I bring that to you. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And how did he love us? Unconditionally. He loved with compassion and love and care, pouring himself out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's known as the love chapter, and it talks about love. And starting at verse 4, it says, love is patient, love is kind, love is... And, and when you get to verse 7, it says that love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. It never stops 
being patient, in other words. It never stops believing. It never stops hoping. It never stops giving up. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, help us today to really understand, Lord, how to apply these four characteristics, these four ingredients into our life to build up an everlasting love in our relationship, in our marriage, in our relationship with our children and our parents and our siblings and with our friends. I pray in Christ's name. I really want to share with you these ingredients, these characteristics that when you apply them, you see the the benefit of it. And the first one is this, an everlasting love is built with grace. It's built with grace. Grace is that unmerited favor. It's receiving something you don't deserve. It's showing something that you haven't worked for. It's really just pouring out that love that hasn't even been worked for. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, I read it earlier, but it says, never, it never gives up. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. Here it's saying, don't you understand? We need to have the grace of God to help us through every circumstance because there's times that people that we love very much go brain dead and treat us like garbage. Hasn't that ever happened to you? Has your husband or wife ever treated you that you go, whoa, what's that all about, man? Golly, calm down. Your son or your daughter, and you go, whoa, 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 no, 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 you don't talk to your mom like this. You don't talk to your dad like this. Or the talking to your brother or sister and you just speak in such manners that are that are just very disheartening or or you're somebody at work or school or friend it's like wow what's going on see it's saying that love puts up with anything that doesn't mean it tolerates it forever that means there's boundaries and there's lines that you finally have to draw and say you know what i can't continue this journey if this continues but there there's boundaries there we patiently accept one another. We patiently accept the things that we do. And it's always ready to make allowances. You're making allowances for people's faults and stuff. So in other words, when, they're, when, when their flaws and faults irritate you, you extend grace. Has your spouse ever irritated you? Exactly. <laughs> that laugh was for all of us. <laughs> Because we know they do. Sometimes our husband could just be like, oh my gosh. And don't think, ladies, you never irritate us. Yes, you do. Sometimes our, our boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife, our son or our daughter, they're just irritating. Sometimes our parents, they're irritating. Sometimes somebody at work or some, a, a co-worker, a, a, a fellow student, they're irritating. And when someone irritates you because of their hang-ups, their flaws, their habits, their, 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 their issues, extend grace. Show them, you know what? Hey, we're going to get through this. <laughs> Don't be all harsh on them, but show them grace. Proverbs 17, verse 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Man, if you just sit there and focus on it and dwell on it over and over and over and over, and you think, oh my gosh, well, what did they, and what's it, and that, and this, and this is what you did, you end up getting bitter, and you get bitter. Let me tell you something, it's going to tear you apart. Bitterness will grab a hold of you, and then before you know it, you're constantly, there you go again. 
There you go again. And you get your little black book out. That's number 47. You've done that 47 times. Ooh, you've done that one 82 times. Holy cow, you've never done that one. That's a new one. Get rid of the book. Extend grace. Say, you know what, hon, I love you. You know what, wife, I love you. You know what, children, I love you. You know what, parents, I love you. You know what, siblings, I love you. You know what, friends, I love you. But my goodness gracious, I love you, and I'm going to overlook that. But I really hope some changes can take place. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, always be humble and gentle. It says, be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. If he wrote it in there, it's because, you know what? People will mess up. You're going to have to make an allowance for that. Don't sit there waiting for them to mess up. But I'm telling you, when they do, extend grace right away. Try not to harbor it and try not to keep it. So when there are flaws and faults, just irritate you, extend grace. You also need to extend grace when their words or actions hurt you. When their words or actions hurt you, extend grace. Because sometimes, isn't it true, the scripture that we read about in the book of James, out of the very mouth that we praise God with, we curse man with? It's like, man, why are you talking like a toilet bowl? Holy cow, you're horrible, you're brutal. And then, oh, you say all this garbage, and then, here, babe, give me a hug. Yeah, I give you a hug. I want to just wrap my hands around your neck. You know, it's like painful. It hurts. And so he's saying there, we need to make sure that we understand that their word and actions might hurt you, and when they do, extend grace. Now, look, I'm not saying to put up with stuff all your life. If they're abusing you, there's got to be some perimeters and some boundaries and say, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. Because God even gives us some rules how to end a relationship, not just a marriage. I'm talking relationships. But I'm talking about when you work through and you fight for your marriage and you fight for a friendship, you fight not with them, but for them. And you extend grace. And you go, man, their words have really wounded me. Their actions really hurt me. Again, I read Proverbs 17.9, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Proverbs 10 verse 12 says this, hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. In other words, it forgives all offenses. You, 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 you resolve it and you let it go and you finally say, okay, we're good again. We're good. I've sat with people before and I've said, are we okay? Is everything okay? Because I don't know, man. It seems like something's going on. It seems like there's some kind of division or something. And some people said, no, 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 not at all. Okay. I wanted to confront it. Some people say, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. I go, what happened? You ate my burrito. Oh, I'm sorry. You snooze, you lose. No, no, no. <laughs> but in other words, there's times that stuff happens. So deal with it. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, it says, sensible people control their temper. 
they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. In other words, they know something's going to happen. It's like, how many times does this happen in your home? Okay? Your kids, or even an adult, they knock over the glass of milk. They drop the punch, the glass. Whatever they have, they're drinking their beverage, they not, ha- accidentally knock it over. And there's some that go, what's wrong with you? And then there's others that go, that's okay, just, just clean this up. It, it was an accident. And they clean it up. Man, the one that blows a gasket, man, the whole house, everything, the atmosphere changes. Everyone goes outside with the dog. You might not even have a dog, so you go outside looking for a dog. I got to I gotta get out of here. Because it's overwhelming. You lose your temper. But if you're a grace extender, that's really good. You also need to extend grace when they sin. When your loved ones sin, whether it be your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your friend, whatever. Because let me tell you something. People, we are what? Sinners. Husband, guess what? You married your wife, she's a sinner. You married a man that was a sinner. That's why you married him. What I <laughs> Okay, back Okay, I'm sorry. But we are sinners that need salvation. And when you finally give your life to Jesus, guess what? You're no longer a sinner, but guess what? You still sin. And what I mean by you're no longer a sinner is a sinner is somebody that stays in their sin and just keeps doing it. We have been forgiven, and now we're living our life and trying not to still be a sinner, and we're saying, I'm a saint, that sometimes I mess up. And when that happens, when they sin, we extend grace. We don't throw it in their face. Look what you did, look what you did, look what you did, look what you did. Instead, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 tells us this, most important of all, continue to show love, he says, Deep love. Show a deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, when it's saying it covers a multitude of sins, it doesn't mean you ignore it. It doesn't mean you cover it up and it's a big cover-up and don't let anyone find out. What it means is you deal with the issue and then it's forgiven and now you cover it. So when people or anyone in the family or anyone in the relationship throws that in your face again, and they go, you remember did that? No, no, I don't remember. Because I don't throw it in people's face. I cover it up. It's already been dealt with. It's already been forgiven. It's already been confessed. It's already been healed. So you know what? I don't expose it anymore. We cover up the sin. We cover up the fault. We cover up that which caused pain. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, he says, make allowance for each other's faults. He's saying, people are going to mess up. People are going to mess up. Amen? So he says, cover, uh, allow room, allow allowance, make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So just think of all the things God's forgiven you of. Why aren't you forgiving them? Forgive them. Extend love. I always say forgive quickly. As quickly as you're offended, 
that quickly forgive. Because if you don't deal with it right away, it'll deal with you. And then before you know it, you start getting all festered up and, and, and your wife and you fought. And I was, she said she was sorry. And you're going, yeah, yeah. And then she comes, hey, babe, aren't you going to come to eat? Eat, eat, eat. I'm thinking, hungry. I don't even feel like eating. I feel like getting my plate and throwing it at you. I don't want to get it. God, this food doesn't even taste good. My stomach's all upset. I can't even eat right now. Thank God that's never happened in your home or in your life. But see, that's what takes place because you haven't really dealt with it. Instead, extend grace and say, man, uh, my husband could really be dumb sometimes. My wife could really be dumb sometimes. My children could really be dumb sometimes. My parents could really be dumb sometimes. My coworkers can really be dumb sometimes. What I'm saying is sometimes people really can make some bad decisions, but you know what? Extend grace. So we need to be grace extended. Everlasting love is built with grace. Second thing we need to understand is that everlasting love is built with faith. With faith. With faith and trust. Again, back to the 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 13, 7, he says, Love never gives up. Love it never loses faith. It's always hopeful. You see, we don't lose faith. We don't lose trust. It's talking about a trust and a compassion and, and a partnership that you're walking in a relationship with. Again, it's not just romantic relationships. It's with your parents. It's with your children. It's because sometimes we do things that cause us to lose trust. And we don't do that. We need to be able to help each other. We need to be able to understand that love never stops hoping. I know I'm hoping for the best. I kind of try to live by this philosophy. Hope for the best and prepare for the worst. So if it doesn't go good, at least you have a plan. But man, you trust it's going to go fantastic. And it'll be even better. And if you love someone... You're loyal. You're loyal to him or her, no matter what. No matter what the cost might be. You always believe in her. You trust her. You always expect the best from her. You always stand your ground defending them. You, you, you work together for your marriage, for your relationship with your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends, whatever the case might be. You hold each other accountable. I have a grandson named Danny. He's 15, and he's, he's a techie. He's into all kinds of phone stuff, computers. Anyway, the other day, he goes, Grandpa, he sent me a picture of an app. He goes, Grandpa, download this app, and it's called Find Me. I go, well, I'm not lost. I'm here. I know where I'm at. <laughs> he goes, oh, come on, Grandpa. Quit messing with me. I go, well, what's it for? He goes, that way I can keep track where you are. Keep track of me. I'm not out there the vagamundo. I'm not out there the vagabond. So I went ahead and downloaded it. He lives in El Paso. I live. And he goes, and he texts me. First thing in the morning. And Grandpa, you're already at church. You went to work really early today. The other day, he goes, Grandpa, you're still at church. Aren't you going to take lunch? 
Grandpa, you're still in church. Everyone already went home. Grandpa, it's 8 o'clock at night. Go home, Grandpa. So then I finally went home, and he goes, Grandpa, I see now you're home. I'm glad. I see that you're in the den. I'm like, (laughs) who's checking up on you? Who's watching you, son? See, sometimes I don't have a problem him knowing where I'm at, but you know what? There's some of you wives, some of you husbands that are like that tracking him. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where are you? Where have you been? You're there looking at the phone. Let me see your phone. Let me see your phone. Let me, let me see your emails. Let me see. Let me, let me smell you. Oh, my God. I work hard. I stink. What do you want to smell me for? See, there's no trust. There's no trust. There's no faith. I have no faith in you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out because I have no faith. So I have to use the trackers and I have to use all these methods of making sure that you really are saying where you are. So I'm going to a party, Mom. Okay, I'm tracking you. Because you, you've lost some trust. You've lost some trust. And, and when we lose trust, it, it's, it's not good. Look, in, in, in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 15, this is the story of Samson and Delilah. And Delilah was trying to find out his secret, how he was so strong. And, and he told her this and told her that. And there were a bunch of lies. He wasn't telling her the truth. And she goes, well, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? How can I trust you? if you don't tell me the truth. How can I trust you, son or daughter? How can I trust you, husband or wife? How can I trust you, best friend? How can I trust you, employees, when you say one thing, but you're doing something else? See, we lose trust. We lose trust. In the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 19, he says, so then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up to build trust, to seek ways to encourage, to seek ways to lead the peace, to seek ways to support each other. You might be saying, well, what do you do, Pastor, when you can't trust your husband or your wife? You know what you do? You put your wholehearted trust in God and say, God, Please watch over my husband. Don't let him be a skirt chaser. You know what I mean. Lord, please watch over my wife. Don't let her get whiplash from seeing all these guys. Please, Lord, let my kids do what they're really saying they're going to do. Look, back in the day, you got to understand, I, I, I've, I've been dating my wife since I was a teenager. We were in high school together. And then we went off to college, and then we got married, and we're still dating. And my dad goes, hey, so what are you and Cindy going to do tonight? It was a Friday. I mean, a Saturday. I go, oh, we're going to go dancing. We'll take her out to eat and dancing. He goes, ah, that's good. And he goes, so where are you going to go? 
I go, I don't know. I haven't thought of. He goes, well, don't go to Juarez. Now, we lived in El Paso, Texas. And obviously, you can't drink legally in, in El Paso when I was a teenager. But you couldn't want it. Because I had a fake ID. See? And so he said, don't go to Juarez. Dad, of course not. Dad, I'm not going to go to Juarez. I picked Cindy up and we went straight to Juarez. And we went to this place called the Max Fiend. It was a very nice restaurant. It was kind of classy and they had a round dance floor and, and uh, we, we had eaten and now we're dancing. And the slow dances. And we're on the dance floor, and all of a sudden, I happen to bump into this couple. I go, oh, excuse me. And I turn, he goes, Tony, what are you doing here, mijito? Now, my middle name's Anthony. My family calls me Tony. And it was my tío Tito. My uncle Tito was there with his wife, Lala. Now, look, his name was Tito. Her name was Lala. Her sister's name was Tuta. No, really. I mean, I'm like... Where do they get these names, man? Now, those were their nicknames, but still. So my deal, Tito, bumps into me, and I'm like, Hey, how are you? You little Cindy. Yeah, Cindy, how are you, mijita? Oh, we're all hugging. And I go back to the table. Where, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. But we danced all night, had a good time, and the next day is Sunday, and we always went to church. And I'm sleeping late, and all of a sudden I finally get up. Well, my mom and Tia Lala always spoke on the phone. Hey, mijito, I mean, hey, nena, guess who we saw last night at Maxine? Busted. So I get up, and my dad's there. Hey, mijo, you and Cindy have a good time? Oh, dad, it was a blast. We had to go to dinner, and we had steaks, and baked potato, and, and all this really neat stuff, and we danced all night long. Oh, that's wonderful. Where'd you go? I'm like, oh, he knows. He knows. The Lala Express has spoken. So now I'm like, man. So I go, we went to Max Fien. And he goes, oh, I didn't know Max Fien had one here in El Paso. It doesn't, Dad. It's in Juarez. And he said, boy? I was like, ugh. That's all he said. He said, boy? And that man, that man, you know what? You know what? What's wrong with you, boy? Oh, I'm not going to go to Juarez. I'm going to obey you, Dad. I'm going to do everything you said. Yeah, right, mijito. <laughs> now, he didn't hit me. Just the word boy? Oh, I knew I was dead. See, I had lost his trust. Now, I'm just giving a simple example, but let me tell you something. Some of you men and women in a romantic relationship, you've cheated on your husband or wife. And now she doesn't trust you, and you go, when are you going to get over it? When you start showing her you're trustworthy. When you start showing him you're trustworthy. 
when you start showing that you can really be trusted again, and you build trust, and you show trust, and you know what? When you can't trust your spouse, then you've got to wholeheartedly trust God and say, God, please watch over my husband. Watch over my wife. God, watch over my children. Watch over my friends. Watch over my relatives. God, watch over us. I want to trust them again. In the book of Psalms 68, uh, 62, verse 8, rather, it says, Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. For God is your refuge. So, if we're going to have everlasting love, we need to extend grace, and we need to extend faith, trust. And then the third thing we need to do is everlasting love is built with the best. Give your best. Don't hold back and just kind of, oh my gosh, tomorrow's Valentine's, who cares? And don't make it a big deal about Valentine, but treat her like a queen. Treat him like a king. Treat your children with loving care. Let them know that they're best. They're the so perfect. Some of you are putting more interest in today's Super Bowl than you do in your family. Oh, today's a Super Bowl. Yeah. You don't even care who's playing. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they go, who are you going for for the Super Bowl, Pastor? And I said, well, my initials are R-A-M, Richard Anthony Mansfield. So I'm going for the Rams. And they go, we're going for the Bengals. I go, you know what, inside, I hope the Bengals win, but I'm going to cheer for the Rams. But you know what? I don't even care. I, don't even, I go, so when does the kickoff happen? They go, I don't know, later this afternoon. I go, okay. I don't even know. See, we pour something. Some people are like, what do you mean you don't know? The game's at 4 o'clock and kickoff's at 420? You've got to be ready. I'm all geared up. I'm ready to go. Lean to the left, lean to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, go, go, go. Go, Bengal, go, Rams, you know, and you're all set. But you don't pour that same energy into your family, into your loved ones. First Corinthians 13, 7 again. Love never gives up, love never loses faith. It is always hopeful. You have the best in mind. It never stops hoping. It never stops loving. It's always expecting the best. Sometimes we all we are looking for is the negative. Do you ever catch your husband doing anything right? Uh, there you go again. You left your dirty underwear there on the floor. You left your socks there on the floor. Ah, hun, you tell your wife, you burn the beans again. You tell your kids, when are you going to ever do anything? Clean up your room. Do that, do that. When they finally do it, you ought to say, hey, babe, those beans came out so delicious. Why should I tell her to compliment her on something she should be doing? Because you know what? If she quit doing it, you sure would notice real quick. Compliment your husband. Say, hey, hon. Thanks for cleaning up your dirty clothes. I really appreciate it. Thanks for helping. Hey, kids, thanks for throwing out the trash. Why? I had to tell them 20 times. Guess what? It finally worked. Compliment them. Catch them doing something good. Let them know that you've seen them do their best, that you caught them doing their best, because you sure are good at catching them when they mess up. 
See, we need to speak hope into them. We need to speak life into them. When you love someone, you're loyal no matter what. No matter what the cost, you're loyal. You believe in them. You're always expecting the best from them. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, to encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. He's saying, keep up the good work. Now bring it to the fourth thing. If we're really going to have an everlasting love, it's built by getting through the work. Let me tell you something. I know this isn't just a, a marriage ter- uh, uh, sermon because you know what? There's people that aren't married. There's people that are single. There's some of you that just came out of a divorce. There's some of you going into marriage and you're excited. There's some of you that, you know what? You know, you're not interested in marriage. You're, you're, you're just a kid. You're just trying to get through life. But this is about talking about relationships and you got to get through the worst. But let me tell you something. In marriage, we make vows and we say, for richer or poorer. We don't even understand what poorer means. Golly, I can't buy a blouse? I can't get a t-shirt? What's up with that, man? I just wanted a couple of screwdrivers. Well, you know what? We, we, we don't have the money right now. Ooh, forget it. No, see, we made a commitment for richer or poorer. We made a commitment for better or worse. We don't even understand what worse means. I say this jokingly, but it's very true. When they do premarital counseling and couples come into my office or we meet, there's chairs there. One chair for me, a chair for him, a chair for her. I should only put probably two chairs. One for me, because they both sit practically on top of each other. She's on his lap, he's on her lap there. We love each other. Oh, how beautiful. We're getting married, Pastor. Oh, how wonderful. A little down the road, Pastor, can we set up a meeting? We need a little tune-up. Something's not going good. And I have a sofa in my office. She sits at that end. He sits at that end. I go, wow, que paso with the one chair? Sometimes they sit on the sofa, the other one in a chair, and they say, I don't even want to be in the same seat with them. Like, man. Because they didn't understand for better or worse. Worse can be bad. In sickness and in health. I didn't know you were going to get this sick. See, we're supposed to give our best and we're supposed to work through the most difficult times. We're going to make a commitment to get through the worst moments of our life in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. I've been using that kind of as our, our theme scripture, but it says love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always, always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. In other words, no matter what we go through, we're going to make it through. It never looks back. You keep moving forward. It says, forgetting the things that lie behind us, we move forward. Man, you ever want to talk about faithfulness? You ever been cheated on? And whether you're married or not, it it, it could be, and and let's even forget adultery right now. Let's just say someone really backstabbed you. Your best friend cheated on you. And what I mean by cheated, they did something to mess your trust up. 
They stole from you. They lied to you. Just whatever. Man, read the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea is hardcore, man. This is a hardcore book of God's everlasting love, his love of faithfulness, and his love of mercy. Hosea was a prophet, and he goes, I want you to go marry Gomer. It's like, what? She's one of those ladies that she's uh, easy and out there with all the men, and yeah, go marry her. And then he marries her, and she cheats on him. Now go get her back. He cheats again, and it's like, oh, my gosh, lady. Cool it already. And in verse, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, then the Lord said, go and love your wife again. Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with, other, with another lover. He goes, because I want Israel to know how much I love them by the way you show your love for her. Like, man, that's hardcore. That's heavy duty. That's like, wow. So being that Valentine's is tomorrow, let me tell you, I want to challenge all of us, but I want to challenge every married person here. Not to renew your vows, but to renew your commitment. Your commitment that you made. So even if your husband didn't come to church with you, you're here by yourself, or your wife didn't come to church with you, I still want you to take and participate in this. Because this commitment that I'm saying is not just you to them, but you to the Lord. You are proclaiming who you're going to be as a man or as a woman. So could every married person stand? Would every married person stand, whether your spouse is here or not? Now, if your spouse is here and you're sitting next to him, reach over and hold their hand. You could even face them if you want. But this is what I want you to say. I'm going to say it. You're going to repeat it. Say, today I commit our marriage to an everlasting love. I commit to offer you grace. I commit to offer faith and trust. I commit to offer my best. And I commit to work hard at getting through the work. Amen. Would the rest of you stand now? And let's commit. Let's commit the same things as an individual to be the best father we can be, the best mother we can be, the best son or daughter we can be, the best brother or sister we can be, the best friend that we can really be, to say, God, I want to extend grace to my loved ones. I want to extend faith and trust. I want to offer my best. And God, I want to be able to get through the hardest times of my entire life with them. So God, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters. And I pray anointing and blessing on them in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you overwhelm them with your goodness. That, Father, you overshadow us with your love. Thank you for your love, Lord. We love you so much. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you sing this song as a prayer? Sing it out, would you? Sing it with us.
Thank you, God. Thank you. And God, every time you run after us, we're letting you catch us. We want to be caught by the love of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the everlasting love of God. Father, help us to change as men. Help us to change as women. Help us to change as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, children and parents and friendships. God, we pray anointing over each one of us. As we leave here today, Lord, might we not leave your presence. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people shout out, Amen. We love you, church. Hey, turn to someone and say, God bless you. And I hope you guys have a good afternoon if you're going to watch the game.
If anyone is here for child dedication, please meet us over at this door.